Welcome to the Bariatric Nutrition Coach Podcast, where we empower you with weight loss surgery nutrition knowledge, mindset advice, and inspiration, so you succeed in your weight and health journey. I'm your host, Jane Stoltz, and I am a bariatric dietitian who has helped over 1,300 people on their weight loss surgery journeys. I'm also a solo mum, lover of long walks while listening to podcasts, partial to a glass of wine, and the ocean is my happy place. Join me as I dive deep into bariatric nutrition and lifestyle topics and deliver them to you in bite-sized, palatable episodes every Monday. Now, let's go. Welcome to the Bariatric Nutrition Coach podcast, and today's episode, I have a wonderful guest with me. Her name is Ashley, and she has been a client of mine for nearly nine months. We have worked together and we've had lots of laughs along the way. And I'm so excited that she's joining me today to chat about her weight loss surgery journey. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I've never been on a podcast before, so I feel really special. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you for inviting me. (laughs) You're so welcome. What I do with guests, I actually will hand it over to you to share whatever you're comfortable sharing about yourself, where you are, and then we're going to go into more into your weight loss surgery journey because I know people are going to find it really interesting and motivational because you have been really brave and I'll share why I know you're brave as we go through. What would you like people to know about you? Yeah, so um, I am in my early 30s and I am a teacher. Um, So I have been teaching for, gosh, eight eight, nine years now. (laughs) That seems really long to me, but, um, and I've taught everything um, from elementary school, like second grade, all the way up to sixth grade. Um, Currently, I'm an English teacher um, in sixth grade, and I'm, right now, I'm actually teaching at an international school in China. I live in Guangzhou, China, Um, and so I've been here for three years. It's just me. I I decided to come I grew up overseas, so moving internationally was already a big part of my life. Um, So I decided, you know, when things kind of, um, I needed a change in the United States, I decided to come out and and teach internationally. So that's why I'm here now. And I will actually be moving to another part of China later this summer. I'll get to start at a brand new school. I'm going to be one of the founding members, which I'm really excited about. It's been a huge challenge, but I'm really excited for it too. So I'll be in China for another three years. Fantastic. So like I said, it's just me in China. I have my dog with me and we're just yeah. kind of kicking around. <laughs> That's wonderful. And you've just given a little snapshot of who you are and we're going to go through more because I know there's lots more. Now, I would love to ask you, when did your weight loss surgery journey start? Like when do you start thinking about it? How long ago? Yeah, so it's it's been something that I have uh, like had in the back of my mind for quite a long time, actually, for for many years, um, for a couple of reasons. Um, my dad actually went through this. He had his um, bariatric surgery 
I think 12 or 13 years ago. Um, so we kind of went through that with him as a family. And just because of that, it was just something that I have always had in the back of my mind that, um, you know, genetically, I take after him very much so. And so um, I've always had a bigger body. I've always been someone who, uh, and I've always felt like um, very strong and like healthy in my bigger body. Um, socially, that's a different thing, but I, I've always felt physically very strong, but I knew it was something that may come up in the future, especially as he went through his surgery, just because I take after him so much, but it wasn't something that I really started considering until, well, that I really seriously considered until probably about, uh, January, February of last year. Um, and that was when for the first time, um, I recognized that, uh, I was, I was really sick. Um, so there was a lot of things happening where, um, I was at a point where I, especially with like sleeping, it yep. had gotten so bad that I was, I would sleep, like I would go to bed and get eight hours of sleep and wake up and feel as if I hadn't slept at all. You know, I, um, I was having problems staying awake in any capacity. I would go to work and if I wasn't up teaching in front of my kids, the moment I sat down, I would start to shut down like it wasn't even like oh I'm tired I'm sleepy it was like my body just like couldn't handle it anymore so we did some sleep tests with the doctors here and like oh my gosh you have severe sleep apnea and it was it was getting to be where like I was getting only like 75 percent oxygen at night um I had like over over 150 incidences of like obstruction you know like just some crazy crazy numbers um, you know, I, I was having problems with my gallbladder. So I was in a pain a lot where I would like, I would eat something and it would either cause me pain or I would throw up right after, um, you know, just cause like I couldn't take it. Um, so just a lot of, uh, kind of compounding things where I just, I was really sick. And it was at that time where I thought, cause I've tried everything under the sun. I have done every form of eating and diet and pills and yeah. just everything possible. And um, so this was kind of like, okay, this is where I need to look to now. And this is kind of the direction that I need to go um, to see how to fix what's happening inside my body and try to kind of figure out some of these issues that are happening with my, you know, eating and digestion and, and things yeah. like that. So so that's when I, so yeah, January of last year is when we, you know, I said, I got to look at this seriously. And then I started meeting with doctors here in China yeah. and, um, that was a, an experience trying to find someone who a knew what bariatric surgery was, yes. B could speak English, uh, or had a translation service. Um, and there, there was a, there's a foreigner specialty hospital, I guess you could say charging outrageous prices and so also trying to find somewhere where I was comfortable paying that much and things like that yeah. a lot of fights with the insurance and things like that but I found I'm, I found one I found a hospital who is very capable he's actually uh, the doctor who did my surgery is one who's done it like kind of introduced it to China so um, I felt very confident in that um, when I had my surgery uh, July 8th of last year 
And that's why I said brave, not only like to have surgery is a brave move, it is a brave decision, but to also be in a foreign country, I really take my hat off to you. So thank you for sharing all that. That is wonderful. So you had your surgery and thinking about having surgery and after surgery, what were some of your greatest concerns? What was coming up for you when, when you were thinking about it? Yeah, so I think um, there were like two main concerns that I had going through this. Um, one was uh, like an kind of an internal fear where I just kept thinking, you know, I'm going to go through all this. I'm going to go through surgery and pay for this thing and, and, and have this experience. And it's just not going to work. I just, I just knew it. I just knew. Um, and I had so much doubt and like so little faith in myself because I just felt like, um, you know, it was my fault. I had gotten to this place and that, you know, I had ruined my body and that was my fault. And so I was like, I was really worried, you know, to go through all this. And I was just going to ruin it again. Like, I just felt like that. And so I was, I was so, and I still have those. I still worry about that. I, you know, it kind of catches me off guard a little bit sometimes where I'm like, I'm doing so great. And then like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, oh no. Like, you know, it still kind of creeps up. I just like really um, struggle to believe like this can be a lasting solution. Um, And I think probably just because, you know, we're so steeped in like diet culture and the next thing and the, you know, you know, the next five pounds or whatever it might be where just nothing had held for my whole life. Um, So that was, that was the biggest one. Um, And then I think like going, going into it, it's not as much a concern anymore, but um, going into it, one thing to know about me is like, I am, I'm super independent. And so, um, like it's, it's really hard for me to, uh, and I also don't like ever want to like burden anybody or like, I'm like, I can just do it myself. It's fine. I, can, I got it. I can take care of it. So, and we have a really intense like work ethic in my family, a little, maybe a little too much sometimes, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but we're, we're a firm believers in like, we can do it through hard work. Like that was something I, I have been brought up of. It's, it's, you know, a mantra kind of, I live by. And I was really, uh, I don't know what the right word is for this, but I just felt like, um, I was cheating almost like I, um, you know, I was just kind of taking away, like I couldn't do it. I couldn't actually do it. So I was, I was just going through surgery. Um, and so I felt like I was really, I didn't want to talk about it with a lot of people. Um, especially with my family. Uh, my parents knew they were super supportive from, from the, from the first, but I just, I had this weird, like, yeah, it it felt like almost like cheating. I was a little bit ashamed that I was, I had to resort to surgery, you know, like, and, um, I couldn't just, I just couldn't just get it together and get my body right, you know? Yeah. That's really common. Actually, people feel ashamed. It's great for you to talk about that because it's, it doesn't get talked about, I think enough. It's a really thing that, that I hear when I'm on, you know, just the one-on-one chats. When you get on you get one-on-one with people, they yeah. share that. They don't always share it in a group. So thank you for sharing that. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was um I I think it was the hardest to talk about with people that I was closest to. 
um, which is surprising to me. Uh, you know, like I said, my my parents were super on board. Um, They're very like supportive. My like I said, my dad's gone through it, so he he understood where I was coming from. My mom, she's oh. she's been by his side, so like they're super supportive. But for other members of my family, I I actually did not oh. tell them until weeks after. I had the surgery. I didn't, I didn't mention it at all. I didn't tell them I was going into the hospital. Like I, I didn't say anything to them. I was just, because I was so worried about that, you know, cause I, I felt like kind of a failure and I was worried that that's how they would see me. Like, oh, I'm just giving up kind of a you thing. Didn't, you didn't want to feel judged. You didn't right. want judgment. If you are in the weight loss phase after your bariatric surgery, well, listen up as I have a wonderful resource you are going to love. And yes, it's free. It's called Supercharge Your Weight Loss Success Starter Kit. It's a three-day mini course where I take you through the steps to supercharge your weight loss. You will become clear on what habits are taking you out of your weight loss zone and which are the key habits you personally need to foster to move back into where you want to be. Yes, to losing weight. Sound good? If yes, grab this free resource. The link is in the show notes. And how did it feel being in a country by yourself after having surgery? And how did that feel? Yeah, you know, actually, it was a really interesting experience um, because, uh, like I said, um, I'm I'm super independent. I didn't. I'm not one to like ask people for help, which I should. <laughs> but mm-hmm. so, like, you know, I I have a really really strong support system here in China. I have amazing coworkers um, and people that I've grown really really close to. So luckily, I I had people that I could confide in and like talk to through the process. Um, but it was, it was kind of funny because like before everyone's like, I'm going to come see you. Let me come, let me come help you in the hospital or whatever. And I was like, no, 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 like, please don't. I don't want anybody to come see me. Um, but, um, there was a moment and, and I had been talking to my, my parents, you know, the whole time there. And so I didn't feel alone, um, Mm -hmm. before the surgery and they knew all about it. I kind of kept them updated with the schedule and everything. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't like hurting before, like kind of emotionally hurting. Um, but there was one moment they were wheeling me and I had been prepped and it was the morning of the surgery and I was like, just laying in the gurney and they like wheeled us over. So like how was, at least in my hospital in China is they have everyone in their wing and, and then they just bring all of the people who are going to have surgery that day. They like bring them to this holding area. So we're all just like laying in this gurney. Lined up, like ready to go. Like kind of lined up. Yeah. And like mine was first thing in the morning. So, um, we were all just like lined up lying on our gurneys or whatever. And like waiting for the surgery wing to open, like kind of like a store. It was very, it was kind of a surreal experience. And then the doors open and they wheel you to your specific like operating room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I was with all these other people. They all had people with them uh, and not a lot because we we're still in, um, we we're still in the pandemic era. <laughs> so yeah. people coming was very, very limited. You can only have like one or two people with you at a time. But they all had at least one person with them and like kind of waving in. And there was just like one moment 
was I was rolling through the doors where I was like, I, it just like hit me that I was alone and that yeah. I didn't have my family. And that was really scary for me for that moment. Yeah. Um, but coming back, like I said, I had such a strong support system and I had people coming and, and like helping me and people like helped me, you know, get food or, you know, for like, like I had one friend who like just made a big pot of broth because I could only drink things, you know, for the first week. And she's like, I'll make you chicken broth. And so she like got a fresh chicken and, you know, like made stuff for me, which was awesome. And so I felt very, very lucky um, not lucky. I, I felt very privileged that I had people who were, um, not my family who I'd only known, you know, some of them for only a few months who were willing to like go out of their way to help carry in groceries or to check in on me or to walk my dog when she needed it. And I couldn't, I just like, didn't have enough energy to get out. So, so luckily I felt it was scary, uh, you know, and it was the Chinese way of doing medicine is very different so there's a lot of like culture clash within the hospital I felt um which was really hard but I had some yeah I have great friends so. <laughs> lovely and actually you you know have those perfectionistic tendencies that really working hard wanting to get it right yeah how did that how did that come up for you especially the early days how did that feel for you you know it was so a lot of that you know like that you know, fear of like that judgment coming in and like wanting to do well and all this stuff. Oh. Um, it was, it was a really interesting uh, transition period right after, uh, right after the surgery. Um, oh. So one thing I'm super grateful is I know I've mentioned it several times, but my dad went through this as well. Oh. Um, and he has been so great for me to like, uh, to talk to about and oh. kind of go through this journey with but one thing that came up that I struggled with, especially at the beginning is, you know, he would talk about, oh, you know, you can only eat this or I only have this much or, you know, you have to do, do these certain steps. And from his experience and, and this is what has worked for him and he's done amazingly well after the surgeries. And, and you know, I really honor my dad and, and everything that he's gone through and everything he's taught me. But it would be things where he'd be like, oh, I, I could not eat bread for the first year or something. I just was too sick. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I had some bread like last night, like, you know, and, and it didn't bother me. And so I would start to get really worried, like, oh, my gosh. And that's where that kind of fear of like, yeah. I'm, I'm already failing. It's been it's been uh, two months and I'm already failing because yeah. like we're, yeah. <laughs> we're in a different place. And it took me a really long time to figure, you know, figure out that it's okay, that like, that's what happens for him. Yeah, what's right for me. And like, you know, that kind of thing. And so that was one aspect of it. And that other aspect is, um, I think I come up more across now and where some of my fears are um, mm-hmm. in that where I'm in that stage where it's kind of getting to be a little bit more normal and like I've got my routine and I, I, I know kind of what to eat and when and how much and I'm kind of trying to balance those things and you know just things that I worry about oh, am, am I 
am I falling back into the old patterns or, you know, it's really tied into that, like that fear of, of failure, like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to ruin everything, you know, cause I'm getting complacent or I've eaten yeah. too many sweets or, oh, I had way too much or, you know, at, at dinner the other night. And some of those kind of thoughts yeah. really are starting to creep back in instead of kind of embracing, you know, where I'm at today and my successes so far and my continued successes. Um, I tend to focus on some of those things like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not eating enough protein or I didn't get enough water today, or I'm not tracking perfectly or those kind of things that are excellent tools that are can become overwhelming because I'm not doing it exactly right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, the early to medium days can be a bit of a, not a honeymoon period, but it's all new. And then what can happen is for many people, even though, you know, you are still losing weight, when you go into that maintenance and old habits, that can be harder in some ways because it's now like, okay, this is for the rest of my life. And yeah. that, I think, a lot harder for many people also, it's really about, you know, we've talked a lot about habits, <laughs> talked a lot about <laughs> yeah. building those habits, but also not being rigid. And I think you mentioned that, you know, that you need to find balance and you need to give yourself some grace mm-hmm. and doing what you do most of the time, building those habits and also that mindset about it's not a dieting mindset. Even yeah. though you are still losing weight, you're still kind of moving into more of a maintenance mindset because you've moved out of that kind of those early stages and it becomes more day-to-day if you could give yourself this is a hard one but if you could give yourself any pre-surgery advice what advice would you give yourself um I think one thing that has really helped me is having a, a wide variety of ways to measure my successes yeah. um of course, like I've, I've tracked weight and things like that. And I feel like, um, that, that was an important one for me. Um, I, I totally understand how that can be dangerous for people or like that can be triggering and it can be really hard. Um, but having so many, you know, like not just the weight and not even just clothes, clothes are a big one for me too. Um, you know, I've had several things that I've been able to fit into and, you know, I, I wear dresses like all the time. And so like, it's fun when I get to, I have a tailor here in China because fabric is so uh, inexpensive, right? Where I'm at. So I, I, you know, it's always fun when she, I get a new dress from her and she's, oh, you're so small. You're getting so small. So, you know, so clothes are a great way. Um, but even something as simple as, um, I had an experience a few weeks ago, where I was at home grading and I just stopped for a second and realized that I had been sitting cross-legged on my couch for I don't even know how long like in an hour or two hours something like that where I'd just been grading cross-legged on my couch and and I was like so excited (laughs) by that um and as simple as that sounds like to be I haven't been able to sit cross-legged for a while, a long time. So like to do that without like, without my limbs going numb or like to be able to unfold my legs when my knees aren't hurting or like things yeah. like that, you know? So I, I really try and find, you know, just the, 
when I can stop and say, hey, this is, look at, look at this. Like, how cool is this? And like celebrate those things, having a wide range of stuff to look at. And that is wonderful because so often people start off their journey and it's just all about scales and all about mm-hmm. the weight. The pitfall or the reason why we want to break away from that is that weight loss is going to slow down and it's also going to mm-hmm. stop heart. Yeah. And and it's lovely to broaden what where you see your wins and, and celebrate. So that's lovely. Yeah. And also riding a bike. Yes. Yeah. That is something really exciting um, that I've been able to do. Um, So I I love bike riding, but again, it's it's something that I just haven't been able to do for so many, many years. And I just got a bike. Uh, That was a whole (laughs) (laughs) So, and um, it was so fun. The the first day I got it, you know, I actually, I rode, so I was at a mall, um, you know, it's like a 10 minute car ride or whatever. And, and I was like, I'm going to ride it home mostly because I don't know how to get it in the taxi. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just ride it home. And I turned on the, the like directions on maps and it was like, oh, you'll get home in 16 minutes. I was like, great. So I started going and like 40 minutes later, I got home. <laughs> it took just so long. But even then, you know, again, that would have been an opportunity to be like, oh my gosh, it took me so long. And that was, I'm not, you know, why did I get this? Like, oh my, you know, I could have gone down. I tried really hard to be, instead be like, oh my gosh, like I rode the bike all the way home. And so I tried to be really like excited about that. Um, and then actually I just wrote it to work this morning, which is, again, it was on my maps. It says, you know, like uh, 16 minutes and I made it in 20. So, you know, like to be able to like, see, oh, like, Hey, you know, even that is something, um, that is coming down, you know, that time I'm, I'm able to kind of pass through. I didn't have to get up and there's a slight hill right before I get to my work. So like, feel like get up that tiny little hill first time I rode to work I had to get off and walk that hill and now I can kind of power through it and you know yeah. so having some like those kind of mile markers yeah. are, are really big for me you know to be able to just kind of hop on the bike and go is fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantastic good on you I'm still waiting for a photo but anyway <laughs> yes. um, I know <laughs> I really like uh, yeah there's I swear I'm around people all day at school and then the one moment I'm like oh I'm in the garage with my bike oh, there's no one here like, <laughs> so. it's wonderful and I'd love to ask you next you know what role could have worked together for nearly nine months what role has support had in your journey support is such a big thing what role has it had for you Yeah, I think it's been really important to have someone like you, like with me on this journey, because as great as like having my friends who have been amazing here in China, and as great as it is having like my family be on board and be super supportive, like um, they take care a lot of the emotional support for me. Um, And I know that's not the case for everyone, you know, not everyone's family is going to react that way. Not everyone's friends are going to react that way. So luckily I I have experienced really great emotional support there. Um, But having someone like you where, okay, I got emotional support covered, but I need to understand, like, I remember asking you like, okay, we talk about protein all the time, but like, why? Like, (laughs) you know, like I just didn't understand why everyone in the bariatric community was like obsessed with like protein and why we eat like 
eating a 90 grams a day. I'm like, okay. So just having kind of that kind of clarification or something as simple as I remember we talked about early days when I was like, eating everything right and I'm keeping my portion sizes small but I'm feeling like super sick and like kind of nauseated and I was I could not figure it out and I remember you pointed out like well maybe you're just eating too fast and to me I thought I was eating pretty slowly I thought I and I probably was compared to what I had been you know before and I probably was eating much slower but being able to have a tool and like suggestions from you to say like, Hey, look at this, like two timer. I still use that. Like, um, I went on a trip with, and you know, I've gotten to a place where I can kind of feel it out myself. I know kind of the rhythm of, of how my eating should go, but like we went to Thailand, um, for a, a short trip with friends. And I think I was just like, so excited to eat Thai food again. <laughs> so I was finding like, Oh my gosh, I'm sick every night. What is going on? And it was one of those light bulbs. <gasps> I have not been using my two timer. And so like I got, you know, next meal, I got that out and I was not sick anymore. So just having those kind of like that practical guidance, understanding like what's happening in your body. I think that's really important. You know, knowledge is power. Yes. As the teacher says, right. <laughs> knowledge yeah, yeah. Is power. <laughs> but like, yeah, being able to understand what is going on and like what changes your body is experiencing at different stages. Um, I think it's really important to then kind of make informed decisions yep. about things and trying new things and altering your chain. And yeah. yeah. And of course, like if you don't have the emotional support, I think you can get that from your nutritionist or your, your dietitian, <laughs> your, you know, your, whoever is there to support you, you know, there's, yeah. you're there yeah. for that too. I know I have definitely cried to you on the phone. Now, there was so much change after weight loss surgery and, you know, I'm not a person that really uses the word journey a lot outside of this, mm-hmm. but it is a journey and it changes over time and things come up, I find, for people that they never thought were going to come up before surgery. People before surgery will say, I'm concerned about this and this, and then after surgery, that's a breeze. Other things come up, you know? Yeah. And and I love it when also people do ask, like, why? Why do I do this? Because I think understanding things in depth, why you're being asked to do things is really is really wonderful. And yeah. I'd love to ask you, your relationship with food and nutrition, how has that changed since your surgery? Yeah, I think that has been a really interesting thing um, because, you know, I grew up with... Um, food is being like a really important part of a lot of things for me, like a part of my family culture. It's a part of my like, you know, church going culture. It's part of, you know, it's, it's something that I do um, like something that I love to bake. That is something I love to do. It's something that de-stresses me. Like I, you know, I find if I can go out and bake, you know, something I, I really enjoy. It's like relaxing for me. Um, trying new foods is really important for me. Um, you know, again, I lived internationally my whole life. So I find that's really tied to like kind of integrating myself into a new culture as like getting into their food, you know? And so I, it's, it, food is a huge part of my life mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's, it's how I show affection. <laughs> like I, you know, if I like someone, I, you know, I'll, I'll bake for them. <laughs> so, uh, so it's something that's been really important to me my whole life. And, um, in the process, in this process, like it was really important to me 
to not demonize food or like and I really try like I don't want to go into a space of um you know I'm learning about things like intuitive eating and and you know gentle nutrition and things like that more where it's like I don't you know trying to have a neutral response to food is it's more just it's fuel for your body and you know what is more efficient for your body and things like that um and so going through this has been really interesting I think I find myself hyper fixated on protein sometimes (laughs) and so I need to like pull in other things but um I have found that I can still do all those other things that I have done with food um you know, but, but it is. So like, I, I bake for my coworkers all the time. In fact, I, I have a really close uh, coworker whose nephew also goes to our school and he's, he's my official taste tester. So I'll just be like, hey, I have a new recipe. Like, I want you to try it. Like, tell me what you think. So I, I, I still bake for people all the time. I love it. Um, I really love exploring new, uh, new recipes. I still find myself, I, you know, I've pulled from all sorts, not just, mm bariatric quote unquote recipes you know and so now it's a matter of like okay how how can I make this function better for me um you know how do I add more protein if there's not enough or how do I switch out more efficient carbs or or things like that um which I'm really grateful for you know because I I that was something that I was really sad about beforehand I I was thinking about I'm I'm not going to have food anymore you know and that's going to be something that's taken away from me and so one thing my dad said to me before he's because I was expressing like dad I I love food like I really love food and not just like I love eating but I just I love food because it, it has so many so much meaning behind it and there's so much you can discover through food and I said I'm really sad about that you know I'm, I'm really sad that I'm not going to have that anymore and he said no 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 like this is the great thing about <laughs> being a very much patient you can go to the restaurant the same restaurant your whole life and now it'll be a completely different experience because you can only eat like one thing from there so you can go so many times now and it's a new experience every time and so I just really liked that kind of outlook on you know yeah not it's not taking away from you um it's not taking away from what that means to me you know like it's it's just a a, you just have to adjust to a new way of looking at at that and like how do we do how do we do it you know how do we function that way so that's lovely actually yeah it's finding that balance and it's quality over quantity lovely I love that you know sharing that you can still bake and your dad's been wonderful. I really appreciate your bravery and your openness for sharing because I know people are going to get a lot out of this. Right. Yeah, I'm glad to to share. It's something yeah, yeah. that I think people need to talk more about. That is wonderful. So thank you so much for your time. <laughs> of course. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Thank you Ashley so much for being with us. If you are enjoying my podcast, I would love for you to subscribe. You will get alerted to every new episode that gets published. And if you are learning something from my podcast, I would love you to rate my podcast and leave a review. Thank you so much for your time. See you next week.